You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Youth and Young Adults Minister, Kirk McKenzie. Bible reading we're about to hear is a section of a speech given by Moses. Now Moses was one of the key leaders in Old Testament times of God's people, the Israelites. Now he was especially key leader in the time where God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt and took them on a journey towards the promised land. This new piece of land that he'd set apart for them, ready for them to enter into and become the nation that he was going to grow them into. Now, before they got there, they had to spend some time traveling through the wilderness. And so Moses was the leader of God's people through that entire time. And that was a challenging time for God's people. It was a good time in many ways because they got to see God do some incredible things and they got to build their trust in God. They needed to trust him to feed them, uh, to give them the water that they needed to quench their thirst. And it was a time where God gave, started to give them commandments to get them ready to be the nation that they were eventually going to become. But it's also hard. You know, living in the wilderness is really hard. It's a challenging place to live, and it went on for quite a long time. So this period in the wilderness was hard, but good. And towards the end of his life, we get this speech from Moses, which is written down for us in the book of Deuteronomy, where he basically takes quite a long time to recap the events of their time together in the wilderness. And we pick up this speech where Moses is recapping what happened when they arrived at the promised land. So let's have our Bible reading and find out what happened. Our reading today comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, reading verses 19 to 36. Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 19. Then, as the Lord our God commanded us, we set out from Horeb and went towards the hill country of the Amorites, through all that vast and dreadful desert that you have seen, and so we reached the Kadashian Barrier. Then I said to you, You have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it, as the Lord your God of our fathers told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then all of you came to me and said, Let us send men ahead to spy out the the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are about to take and the towns we will come to. The idea seemed good to me. So I selected 12 of you, one man from each tribe. They left and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eskol and explored it, taking with them some fruit of the land. They brought it down to us and reported, It is good land that the Lord our God is giving us. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of your Lord, our God. You grumbled in your tents and said, The Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us to the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart, they say. The people are stronger and taller 
than we are. The cities are larger with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Amorites there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the desert. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way to go. Then the Lord heard what you said. He was angry and solemnly swore, not a man of this evil generation shall see the good land. I swore to give your forefathers, except Caleb, son of Jephthah. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on, because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So they've arrived at the promised land and they send some spies in to have a look. And they peek in. Oh, looks good. Looks really good, guys. Amazing. Oh, some pretty big dudes down there, though. Like, Really big. Some of the biggest dudes I've ever seen. They look scary. Like, if we got in a fight with them, they would definitely win. Oh, I don't know. The land looks good, but those guys are very scary. Uh, let's not go. And so... They've arrived at the promised land. They've seen that it's good, and yet they turn their back on it and they head back into the wilderness, back into that hard place, which they'd actually done a lot of whinging about and didn't like being in. It reminds me of the 10,000 metres in the Olympics, you know, the longest track event that you can run in the Olympics. You have to do 25 laps of the Olympic Stadium. And it's like they've got to lap 25. They've entered the home straight and they've tripped and they've fallen just before the finish line. They were almost there. They could see the end and yet they didn't make it. It seems like such a shame. It's quite a, it's quite a sad story. It's a story of warning for us, actually. It's a definitely a story of what not to do. Have a look at verse 26 with me and, on, and, and 26 and onwards. This is what Moses says about this story. He was there. This is his memory of it. He said, but you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Ammonites to destroy us. So he just took us out of the hands of one enemy just to bring us to the hands of another one. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. That's referring to those spies who went in and told them how big the people where they were. They say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. The Anakites obviously had a reputation for being really tough and scary. Then I said to you, this is Moses saying 
saying this. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. It's like you have evidence that God's going to look after you. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. So he's been with us the whole time. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God. And so that generation of God's people did not get to become God's nation. They didn't get to settle in the promised land. Eventually they did and they did go on to become a great nation for a long time. But this sad end for that generation is a a story of warning for us as we read this story. Now what I want to do in the second half of my talk today is to draw some comparisons with our situation today and the situation that the Israelites found themselves as they turned away from the promised land. Now, when we do this, I'm always cautious to not be drawing too much of a direct comparison. So what I am not saying is their situation then is exactly the same as our situation now. It's not. But what I am saying is, hey, Human nature hasn't changed. (laughs) You know, we humans, we're not that much different to them, even though they lived over 3,000 years before us. And God hasn't changed. So when we look at stories of how people have lived and how they've interacted with God in the past, we can learn from that. And when we see similarities, it's okay to go, oh, well, there's some similar experiences there. What can we learn from those similar experiences? So that's what I want to do today. Because as we enter 2021, we're a couple of weeks in, a time of recording, or how many weeks in? Four weeks in. Um, We can look back on 2020, and for many of us, we can say, that felt like a wilderness experience. Because for many, many people in 2020, we were removed from our normal rhythms and routines. And for many of us, we were more isolated in 2020 than in any year previous. It was a hard year in many ways, and in many ways 2020 was a bad year. Uh, For me, it wasn't so much that there was a whole lot of new problems. It was more that the existing problems were exposed in a whole new way, and they got way more in our face. You know, for example, uh, here in Australia, we already had a problem with our aged care facilities. Yeah, they were already under-resourced, poorly regulated, poorly run, but boy, did that problem get in our face last year in horrendous ways. Already employers were treating their employees badly. That wasn't a new thing that started happening in 2020. But boy, did that problem get in our face and just go to a whole new level in 2020. And so a whole lot of problems really just got in our face in a whole new way during the pandemic. But of course, 2020 wasn't all bad as well. And I noticed at the end of last year, uh, articles and news stories started coming out, pointing out the good things that had happened and the great lessons that we learned throughout the year. We noticed that as a church as well. We had a couple of teaching series that were reflecting on the opportunities that were being presented to us throughout the year. And at our Thanksgiving service, many of you shared some of the great things that had happened throughout the year. Um, sometimes despite the challenges that we were facing. 
We did a young adult survey during the second long lockdown, the hardcore lockdown that we had in Melbourne. And no doubt our young adults and our church were experiencing plenty of challenge. But also it was encouraging to see some really great signs as well. In particular, that even though digital church was quite a challenge to engage with, that our young adults had a very resilient relationship with Jesus, which is the main reason that church exists in the first place. So yeah, church, not as easy when we couldn't meet in person, but our young adults stayed strong with Jesus. 50%, and we did another survey later on in the year of the whole church, and 50% of our church members said that their relationship with God had grown during 2020. That's a fantastic stat in any year, but particularly in a year when the pandemic had run wild across the world. So I think a lot of the lessons that had been learned during 2020, and this is just anecdotal, this is just me talking to heaps of people about this, a lot of the lessons revolved around the freedom that we got from the grind of modern life. That we were like, isn't it nice to feel like we're not hurrying everywhere as much as we used to? Isn't it nice to feel like there's less distraction minute to minute? Isn't it nice to feel like, yeah, maybe we don't see as many people these days, but that the people we do see, we have deeper relationships with them. Isn't it nice to have maybe just less on of an evening? Wasn't it nice to have a few extra moments in each day or each week where we could actually have time to pause and reflect and just, you know, live in the moment, people were saying, you know, um, which can mean all sorts of things, but it is nice to just not feel like you're just getting pulled from one thing to the next, which in cities like Melbourne could so often be the case week after week, month after month, year after year. Again, this was reflected in our survey. 45% of our church members said in 2020 they spent more time in prayer than the years previous. And, of course, prayer is the main way that we deepen our relationship with God. So what COVID has presented us with is an opportunity to do life in a new way. God has prepared for us a new way of living that deals with some of the problems of life, say, in 2019, of modern life. You know, he's given us, like, if you will, a glimpse into the promised land. And, of course, it's not exactly the same um, as the promised land that the Israelites had. But he's given us a glimpse into what life could be as individuals, as families, as the church. The question is, are we going to enter into that life or are we going to turn our back and just return to life the way it was? Our senior minister, Tim Johnson, has used the illustration a few times of the rubber band. You know, that 2020, with all its challenges, was a year that stretched us. And being stretched is good, right? That's the way we learn. That's the way we grow. But as things go back to perhaps more the way they were and as we get to a point, hopefully, towards the end of this year or heading into 2022, where we consider... COVID a thing of the past, will we just snap back to the way things were? Will we actually learn the lessons 
that 2020 offered us? Or will we just go back to all the problems and all the issues and all the grind of modern life that we used to have? That's a great thing for us to be thinking about as we start 2021. Now, I wanted to mention just before I finish the fact that God gets angry in this passage. Uh, You might have noticed that in our Bible reading. If you were to continue on reading this speech by Moses, you'd see that God gets really angry. Uh, One of the most angry moments that we have, uh, that we see God in the Bible, I would say. And so you go, well, what do we do with that? How, How do we feel about God being that angry? Now, we could do a whole talk, a whole series of talks on anger in the Bible and God being angry. and That's worth doing and people have done series and written whole books on this. Let me say this uh, here at the end of this talk. We have the benefit of reading this over 3,000 years later after the events happened. We have the benefit that Jesus has come since then. And so we don't need to think about God's anger in the same way that they would have in that moment in history. Don't get me wrong, God still gets angry at evil and he still gets angry at sin. But because God came to earth as Jesus, we now understand that God absorbed his anger onto himself when he died on the cross as Jesus. It's like all God's anger was poured onto Jesus. And, uh, And then when Jesus died and rose again, This gives us confidence that we don't need to worry that God's going to come down and slap us with his anger. That if somehow you don't learn anything from 2020, if you just block 2020 out and go, I'm forgetting everything that I could possibly have learned from that year and just moving on, I'm going back to 2019 as if 2020 didn't happen. You don't need to worry that God's going to come down and smash you and get you because I'm so angry with you. Uh, He's not going to, we don't need to think about God in that way. Because of what Jesus has done, because of his death and his resurrection, we can be assured of God's love and forgiveness. That said, that said, we should still desire the good things that God has prepared for us. It would be a deep shame to not take advantage of all that God wants to give us, all that God has shown us, all that God is teaching us. That would just be really dumb not to take advantage of that. It would be like going into the world's best restaurant, knowing that your night is fully paid for and sitting down and going, all right, here we go. Oh, they've brought me one of those bread rolls, you know, those those dinner rolls and with a little bit of butter. Now, they can be quite yummy if they're fresh and warm. Bit of butter on, oh, they can be quite good, can't they? So you have that and you go, "Mm, yeah, okay, I'm going to head off now. So you turn your back on the restaurant, you head out the front door and you don't stick around for the delicious entree, the amazing main meal, the outstanding dessert and all the beverages that come with it. That would just be stupid. What a crazy thing to do. And this would be the thing. Yeah, God's not going to come down and smash you if you don't learn anything from 2020. And if we don't take advantage of this wilderness experience and if we don't learn to trust God more because of what we've gone through, but it's an amazing opportunity to go deeper 
in our relationship with God. It's an amazing opportunity to do what the Christian life is all about, which is to love God and to love other people in a whole, you know, in a whole deeper, more amazing ways. So that's our challenge. So here's my challenge to you. After this talk, take a moment to pray. Sorry, at the end of this service, take a moment to pray. Take a long moment. Talk with God about what you've learned from 2020. Write it down. And then as you look at what you've learned or what you are learning, maybe you haven't completely worked it out yet, but you're on that journey, then go, what should I do to experience the good that God has prepared for me? Or for us, maybe do it as a group as well, households, life groups. You can do It's not just an individual experience. You can do it by yourself or with others. What should I do? What should I change? What can I implement in my life to experience the, God, the good that God has prepared for me? Because it's one thing to just think about it and to talk about it. It's another thing to actually to, to look at that opportunity that God has in front of us. It's another thing to actually enter into it. So that's our challenge for each of us this week. I encourage you to take advantage of the good that God has prepared for all of us. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.